reading from the Sri Chaitanya Bhagavat, Antya Leela, uh, um, Antya Leela 1, text. Let me just, I had my place, you know. One oh seven Jaya Jaya Sri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Dwaita Chandra Jaya Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Jaya Nityananda Jaya Dwaita Chandra Jaya Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Gangera Vatatsa Asya Lagi Eta Ata Eva Sunilaya Hari Guna Gata Breezes coming from the Ganges blow here. Therefore, I heard glorification of Hari's transcendental qualities. Om Aganatimurandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Taksur Unmalatamyena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha. Sri Chaitanya Manobhistam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupakadamayam Didati Sapadantikam Vanchakalpa Tarubhyascha Kripa Sindhu Bhayevacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Nama Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Siyadvaita Gadadhar Sivasade Gaur Bhaktivrinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Raghunath Pujari, Hare Bo. <laughs> Are you there? I see your picture. Okay. I wanted you to say something on the Ganga, but you're not there. Uh, Raghunath from Vrindavan. He did the initiation ceremony for several of the people on the phone, for Hemalata Radha, uh, for Advaita Acharya. Okay. Um, okay, let's uh, see if I can remember where we're up to here. Yeah, Lord Chaitanya was in Eka Chakra. What a beautiful dam. I told you when I went there, no electricity yet had come to Eka Chakra Dam. And to see the cat, it's just so beautiful. And the, the, the whole town, you can walk in two minutes and to Lord Chaitanya's birthplace and different places of his pastimes. And you look out into the field and the white sands. Um, it's uh, a beautiful place. And then he was going to see a Lord Shiva temple. Now the Vaishnavas, we, we honor Lord Shiva, Vaishnava Yata Shambhu, as the, as the greatest devotee. Uh, but we don't worship him as God. 
That's the second offense to the holy name, to think that the demigods like Lord Brahma and Lord Shiva are equal to or independent of the holy name of the Lord. So it's an offense to think that they're equal. It's also a, an offense to not recognize their divinity. They're not enemies. The enemy is us when we see the demigods as equal to Krishna or we don't honor them in terms of their relationship with Krishna. So the Vaishnavas, it's, it's Vaishnavam Yatashambhu. Vaishnava Yatashambhu. He's a great, so Lord Shiva is going to see them, but at the same time, he was worshiped in that area by the Mayavadis as um, you know, uh, an impersonal conception. Certainly they didn't see the difference between Lord Shiva and um, they committed both aspects of the offense because they saw it as equal to Lord Krishna, equal to holy name. And because they're Maya bodies, they think all manifestations of divinity are the same. They're all illusion. So because that was the predominating mode of worship, as he was going there, all of a sudden he turned back because he didn't want to set that example at that time. And he was inspired. He was inspired to go to um, Vrindavan. And that is the inspiration. It doesn't matter where I am in the world, where I am in India, I always have that pull to go back to um, Vrindavan and to kind of bathe in that spiritual atmosphere. Prabhupada was in his room in Vrindavan and said, even a dog goes back to Godhead at the end of their life. So what my understanding was is Prabhupada was talking to someone about the glories of Vrindavan that there's a spiritual force there that's moving intensely away from the false ego and towards the real ego, that I am a servant of Krishna. And it's like a force. And if you're moving towards the real ego, if you're moving towards the real ego, then it is the best place in the world. But if you're moving towards the ego, it's the place that, resi that, that resists your desires more than any place in the world. It's like being on a, 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 a boat with a, with a favorable breeze. Um, with a favorable breeze, If you're going in the direction of the breeze on your sailboat, the wind is the greatest thing. And if you're going against it, then the same thing, it's the same exact thing becomes the greatest impediment to your, your desires. And it's the same thing in the spirit. It's one energy that's moving towards Krishna. If you're moving towards Krishna in the Dham, 
it's the most uplifting thing because you're, you're, you're getting help. You're getting assistance to the thing that you cherish most. But if you come to the Dom and situate yourself in ego, then you find the, you find the, the greatest, you find the greatest resistance in the Dom. Um, so naturally, Lord Chaitanya, he, let me go there. Let me go where the, where the world moves, not in opposition to spiritual life, but for spiritual life. Prabhupada described that in the Kali Yuga, everything moves. He said it's surcharged with opposition. The, the advertisements is telling you you're the body. Everything, this, the education system now is telling you you're the body. Everyone's pushing you towards a material goal and away from the soul. It's surcharged with opposition. And actually, that opposition is becoming greater and greater because even the basic foundations of Western civilization are being challenged. Even, even the, 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 the family life is actually being, basic religious principles are being challenged. Uh, and people are not any happier for it either. Prabhupada gave that commentary on the verse in the Bhagavatam where the sages who are trikalagya, where the sages are trikalagya, they can see past, present, and future. And that it was Kali Yuga, they were, they were, it wasn't Kali Yuga yet, it was the beginning. And they were assembled at Naimasharanya because it had a place of potency for sacrifice to counteract opposition to spiritual life. And, and they were performing a, a, a sacrifice, what to do in the age of Kali, out of compassion. I read one commentary in the Bhagavatam that said sacrifice is the mark of a sage and it's what makes one a sage. Nayam lokas tiyagyasya kutanya satma. Bhagavad Gita said without sacrifice, there's no happiness in this life or the next. So there at Namasharanya, And they were seeing the future. And what did they say? Seeing today, what did they say? That they'd see that people today would be lazy for spiritual life. You know, I was fortunate when I went to India almost 45 years ago, I saw the people from Prabhupada's generation. I heard Prabhupada even lecturing that. He was saying, oh my God, skyscrapers and cinemas are coming to India and they're ruining the Vedic civilization. If anybody thought that Prabhupada didn't care about the Vedic civilization or that it didn't have a bearing even what was there 50 years ago didn't have a bearing on connected to that culture 
that move one towards God. Prabhupada was very concerned. So people were lazy. And even if they weren't lazy, they were unlucky and misfortunate. Because even if you're searching for spiritual life, even if you're searching for spiritual life, then you can always be cheated with a, a guru business. You can always be cheated. And then even if you find the right thing, the nature of this world with all those samskaras in the heart, samskaras that, that give us attraction and liking for things that are not good for us and, and give us aversion for things that are bad for us. Upadruta and always disturbed. People are always disturbed. I was reading some lecture on nishta being fixed how krishna is watching when we chant and that we should have a time and place for chanting and and, and even if the mind is is disturbed even if the mind's wandering at least krishna is seeing you at least krishna is seeing you in your effort and he'll bless you and he'll purify your heart But, but the description was because we have so many samskaras. And what is a samskara? It's a very interesting phenomenon. This is a samskara. There's some impression and it makes, a, a, I'm going to say this is the mind. It makes an indentation in the mind. Now, if you liked it, then the mind will always seek to be filled with the same thing. And if you didn't like it, the mind will always seek to avoid that thing. The problem is in the modern age, it gives you likes, it gives you samskaras for that are klishta vritti, they're, they're bad thoughts. Like for example, you're young and, and you, know, you, you see your, 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 your parents and there's a celebration, they give you alcohol and then you get a little high so then there's this indentation in the consciousness that seeks to be filled with the same thing. And as you satisfy it, it becomes worse and worse. It becomes an addiction. So this is the nature of the unfortunate condition today. And therefore Lord Chaitanya was looking for that place where there was good association. So he was looking for the Dom. He was looking to go to the Holy Dom. As, as we're reading later on, Akura was so interested in going and Krishna Das Kaviraj was so interested in going and Prabhupada was so interested in going. That's where Prabhupada lived after he left household life. So what happened instead, Lord Chaitanya was traveling places in India where no one was chanting the holy name. And he's on his way to Puri. And he's getting, I wouldn't say depressed, 
drank that the wrong way. I wouldn't say he's getting depressed, but it seems that way. And then all of a sudden he sees a young child. He sees a young child chanting the holy name. And he said, in this place, it must be the influence of the Ganga. And it, it, it describes in the, in the Bhagavatam when Sukadev, Ramaraj Prickett asked the question, what is the duty of man is about to die and what should he not do? Then Sukadeva Goswami gives the answer. Maybe because there's like a reflection on this. He gives the answer Vriyan Asha Te Prashna. Maybe it's this one here. Okay, a little better. Krita Loka Hitam Your question is glorious. Your question is glorious. What is the duty of man is about to die? Your question is glorious because it's going to be the inspiration to speak about Krishna. And then it compares the, the, the chanting of the holy name to the Ganga. Because where the Ganga flows, everything becomes auspicious. Bukti and Mukti. There's liberation, there's prosperity because the Ganga, it's so fertile. Just like when you go to Mayapur, what you can grow there on the bank of the Ganga. And, and, and it's, it, it's so fertile. So in the same way, Prabhupada, the commentary is, it's, it, the holy name is like the Ganga because when the holy name flows, the speaker becomes purified, the audience becomes purified. Everything becomes purified. So he sees this boy, he says, where is the Ganga? He said, oh, it's only three hours away. Only three hours away. So he says, okay, let me go to the Ganga. And, and now he's, Lord Chaitanya is relishing being in the Ganga. And I, I've told you many times that the power of a holy bath. And I, I remember certain ones that were particularly just You know, you, you read about the Ganga and, and, and Bhamana pierced the universe and it's the celestial universe waters and it goes on, you know, uh, it touches the foot of God and then it's carried on the, the head of Lord Shiva. And, you know, you may say what you want about it, but my God, when you go in a holy river, it's not psychological. It's so powerful when you bathe in that Ganga yeah, I see the audience. Yeah, when you bathe in that Ganga on the, on the, in Mayapur, when you, when you, the first bath I had in Radha Kund, and I, I, I somehow or other, you know, in the early days, they, these sannyasis were so heavy. You know, young men out of the hippie world into the sannyas world, but not yet purified in their senses. And therefore, Dayatovashyam Pumsa Sangos, when they're frustrated, you become a little angry. So they, they're very heavy, Sanya, too, really the heaviest. And they took me somehow the, the birthday of Radha Kund. And at that time, there weren't that many people there. And I swear, when I got out of Radha Kund, 
I, I couldn't figure out who I, who I was. And I saw the puddles of water dropping from their bodies. And literally I saw their false ego in those puddles of water. It was gone. It was so powerful. I remember bathing in the Triveni during the Kumbh Mela. What it does to your consciousness. So Lord Chaitanya wants to go to the Ganga and the breezes are blowing from here. here. He says, therefore, I, I'm hearing the holy name because the breezes from the Ganga are blowing. India is really Punya Bhumi. It's being destroyed like every other thing in the world in terms of culture and civilization. I think they, what they asked Gandhi, what do you think of Western civilization? He said, it'd be nice if there is one. Now there's some people that are gonna object to that, but there's some truth to it. There's also Western civilization. But he didn't see that with the British coming to India. He saw them destroying their, their culture. So I remember one, this is true, it was Mayapur and it was like, it was one of those heavy years for me in Mayapur. And Radhanath Swami came to visit me, wanted to encourage me. So he took me to the bank of the Ganga. And he said, just to feel the breezes, he said, that's the Ganga. That's why it's so auspicious. I see that Krishna Premi is still in Mayapur. Just to live there and the, the and you can actually in these holy places, you could feel the potency. And each holy place has a personality. Definitely in Vrindavan, if you do it the right way, you feel the full manifestation of God's energy as Madhurya, sweetness. And if you're in Mayapur, you feel the full manifestation of God's personality in terms of Odarya. If you go in the right way, if you're willing to enter the Dham under a guide and fully absorbed, you feel the magnanimity. And in Puri, it's Vipralambasheti, so you feel that separation move. So this is Lord Chaitanya. As the Lord glorified the Ganges, his attachment increased multifold. So this is Bhakti, Bhakti, Sanjayate, Bhakti. Glorification increases attachment. Why? Because glorification is trying to bring the object of your adoration to the proper place. <laughs> because we have mundane conceptions of everything. We, we need to pray. We need to glorify. It's like we're chanting the holy name. We, we take it as, as so ordinary sometimes. But when you hear Rupa Goswami, Tunde, Tandavani, Ritam, I don't know how much nectar is in these two syllables, Krishna. 
When I chant into my tongue, I want many, many tongues. When it enters into my ears, I want many, many ears. And when it enters into the courtyard of my heart, the senses become inert. I can't imagine. We discussed that, how much nectar is in these. So this prayer, Lord Chaitanya is showing us exaltation of the object of our worship helps us to come nearer to the realization of what that is. Because the mundane consciousness is icha dvesha samutena dvanva mohena bharata. We're overcome by the dualities of desire and hate. We tend to minimize, we tend to minimize spiritual phenomena. So even Lord Chaitanya and Bhakti Sanjayate Bhakti, what reveals spiritual phenomena is devotion. So when you're pray praying, it, it, it's revelatory. Your attachment increases. That's another thing because it's relationship. When things are personal, they reveal themselves in love. So when you actually pray and glorify God, God reveals himself more. So Lord Chaitanya is glorifying the Ganges and the Ganges is manifesting its glories more and more and his attachment is increasing more and more. The Lord said today, I will certainly bathe in the Ganges. Saying this, he started off. He hasn't got there yet. The lion like Garunga walked like a maddened lion and the bee like servants of his lotus feet followed behind. So that image of the bees, they, they're always going for the honey. So the image of Lord Chaitanya and his followers and his lotus feet, it's so sweet and they're following. And it's not, it's not like sycophants. It's people who've realized the goal of life and they're seeking it. They actually know the essence Anxious to see the Ganges, the Lord walks so quickly that devotees were unable to keep up with him. Taking only the lion-like Nityananda with him, the Lord joyfully arrived at the bank of the Ganges that evening. So this is the system of going to the Dham. The system of going to the Dham and pilgrimage is when you walk to the Dham then your mind arrives before the body. When you fly to the Dham, your body arrives before the mind. So this kind of pilgrimage where you're walking and you're in the mood of a Krora, today I will see the Lord of my life. And as you're walking to the Dham and your aspirations and your mind, so That evening they arrived. It took them three hours to get there. And yeah, actually speaking also, one of the principles in, in, in the nectar of devotion is you shouldn't come to the temple in a palaquin. So I remember when I, I arranged this big kirtan for this Vrindavan sadhu and I sent, I had a bus at that time and I sent a bus for him and his brahmacharis. He had the bus, park, you know, a hundred yards down the road. 
because she didn't want to come to the temple in a palaquin. <laughs> you know, like it, it, that, that's the whole idea. Why do you say you don't wear red or blue before, you know, the royal colors? It, it's a question of approaching in the right mood. You know, because the, the mind follows the body. So a lot of things where you just, you pay obeisances, the mind also goes down. You circumambulate, the, the, the mind steps out of the center. That's why it says don't circumambulate in front of the deities because that may be honoring someone else. That's why we, one of the items of devotional services is walking around the temple. Prophet said the walking tendency has to be purified. That's why I like living in Vrindavan. You don't have a car. Everything is there, right in a small area. You can walk to, to anything. I mean, yeah. The Lord took bath with Nityananda and repeatedly recited the names of the Ganga in the course of offering many prayers. The Lord drank the water of the Ganges to his full satisfaction. And after repeatedly reciting prayers, he offered obeisances. Oh, that's sadhu life. It's hard to find now, even in India. Of course, in India, you always find you can go off into Braj, into the villages. It's practically still the same in one sense. But that sadhu life, huh? Walking from place to place and living simple and you don't need anything. I'm a very nice person, very nice devotee. He stayed with me in Vrindavan, Yasoda Dulam. Unfortunately, had some car accident that affected him. But he was dedicated to Padayatra. So he stayed with me in, in Vrindavan for the month of Kartik. Such a nice devotee, a real sadhu. Married, three children, you know, he's older now, he's my age practically, maybe a little younger. And he went to Gujarat to walk the path that Mahatma Gandhi walked, there's some kind of path. And he walked from village to village. And he didn't know where he was going to stay. He didn't know where he was going to eat. And just depended on God. And that was what sannyas previously was. Sannyas was learning the, to love God by experiencing his maintenance beyond your material protective agents. Because right now, okay, we're staying in an apartment and this is where we put this for our, and this is where we put this and we have this and, and we need it to be satisfied. But the subtle effect is I've controlled, I've controlled, I've controlled. And it's coming by me. But when you walk in the forest, then where are you gonna eat? But food comes, where does it come from? By God's mercy. I need, I need some shelter. Where is it going to, where, oh, this is where I'll stay. Where does it come? By God's mercy. How am I going to be protected? I don't have a, you know, an alarm system. How am I going to be protected? By God's mercy. 
So you learn a kind of dependence on God by that classic pilgrimage. And th this is what Lord Chaitanya is doing when he took sannyas. One attains devotional service to Vishnu simply by hearing your name even once, what to speak of drinking your water. By your mercy, a living entity becomes qualified to chant the name of Krishna. There is no doubt about this. I am hankering to go to Mayapur just reading this. Hankering to go and, and, and take bath in the Ganga and feel those breezes. The good fortune of a wealthy person who lives elsewhere cannot be equated with the good fortune of insects, birds, dogs, or jackals that reside near you. Is it, there's, nothing, there's nothing more valuable than mercy. From the standpoint of Shastra, what is auspicious is that which brings you closer to God because that which brings you closer to God brings you closer to true happiness. And that which takes you away from God is inauspicious. Therefore, wealth, power, fame, for Vaishnava, it doesn't have the same, he doesn't ascribe the same value to it because he knows that the external is only important if you connect it to the internal. If you co connect your wealth, your this, your that, your that to some spiritual objective, then it has value. If not, then what does the Bhagavatam say, even about religion? Dharmasvanushtita pumsa. Dharma, dharma Swanushtita, expertly performed Dharma. Dharma Swanushtita, Viviksena Kata, no Padiye Yati Ritim. If it doesn't give you Rati, Shrama Evahi Kevalam. That's a, another argument can ma be made in terms of reconciling the existence of God with the fact that there's evil in the world, is just a different perspective of what's auspicious and what's inauspicious. Sometimes difficulty can be auspicious if it, if it brings you to God. And that's, uh, yeah, yeah, that heart. You've incarnated wild animals, birds, insects, and moths who live on the bank of the Ganges are fortunate. Residents of a place where the Ganji does not flow are not as fortunate, even if they are wealthy. You have incarnated to deliver the fallen souls. There is no one equal to you. When Sri Gorsunda offered prayers in this way, Janavi Devi felt embarrassed. So Janavi Devi is, you know, this great devotee. But that's what happens when the great devotee receives glorification because they're so immersed in the ultimate reality and they're so in love with the ultimate reality. And they realize that to experience the ultimate reality, you, you, you have to be in the mood of service. And what covers your experience of the ultimate reality is a sense of entitlement. So when a great soul is praised, 
they don't want to hear it because of their value system, because of their knowledge, because of their realization. They don't want to see it. It's not their mood. They get their pleasure from their soul, which is consciousness, which is meant for service. And they've realized that. And they realized how that soul can be covered by that false ego, which is the desire for superiority. So people that feed that desire for superiority, they shun that and they feel embarrassed. Because when you, when you get mercy, I described this before, to feel mercy, you have to feel undeserved. So it makes you look at your lack of qualification. So now the mercy and the glorification of the Ganga, it makes, it, it, it's, it's a natural response. Now there's commentary, there's like pages and pages of verses glorifying the Ganga. The Lord offered, the Lord from whose lotus feet the Ganges emanate offered prayers to the Ganges. Such are the characteristics of this incarnation of the Lord. So it's that image again of the rain cloud. How does the ocean get water from the rain cloud? How does the rain cloud get water from the ocean? <laughs> so there's some relationship there. So it comes from Lord Chaitanya, but at the same sense, he's, he, he's, he's worshiping the Ganga. He's in the mood of a devotee. Anyone who hears the prayers Garanga offered to the Ganges will develop attachment to the Lotus feet of Sri Krishna Chaitanya. In this way, the Lord and Nityananda stayed that night in that village in the house of one pious person. Sometime the next day, the devotees came and found the Lord. Thereafter, the Lord, accompanied by the devotees, happily departed for Nilachala. So in the same sense, it's that kind of spontaneous mood. It, it, it's not just like a GPS. You know, you put the destination in and it dictates where you go. There's so many other factors that dictate where a sadhu goes. And it may not correspond to what other people think is the reasonable way to move. Because <laughs> they have inspirations. They have inspirations and those inspirations can take them beyond time. They're just appreciating. And it's spontaneous. That's what spontaneous devotion means, that you're guided by your, your pure attachment for Krishna is what moves you and not the rules and regulations. That's what Vaidhi Bhakti, pure Vaidhi, we don't practice pure Vaidhi Bhakti, but what pure Vaidhi Bhakti is, is your faith in the efficacy of something is that a completion of an obligation or rule. And it's like chanting. Two people have chant, chant. Well, three types of people chant. One type of person, he doesn't chant, <laughs> but should. 
Another person chants because it's obligation and duty. And they have faith that the benefit comes when the last bead is pulled down. That's Vaidipad. I'll wait for my more guests are coming. Okay, Leela, come. Because yeah, I, I can't speak to many audiences. <laughs> um, and the third per person, his attraction is the activity itself. And that's what we have to come to. And Prabhupada equated that in one sense with Raghunuga Bhakti in a basic way. The Raghunuga Bhakti is when you're enthusiastic for the activities of devotion. Jiva Goswami said we should at least practice Ajata Ruchi Raghunuga Bhakti. Ajata means not born, Ruchi. Your Ruchi is not born, but how can it be Ajata Ruchi Raghunuga Bhakti? Because you set your aspirations. In, in, a, in a spontaneous relationship with God. Relationship with Krishna is spontaneous, ultimately. Spontaneous means there's no law or obligation or duty. When you deal with divinity as God, there's an obligation or duty. Whenever you deal with a superior, you must do it. And it's described that that devotion is not as powerful. Why? One, the relationship is distant. Two, there's obligation in it. You must do it. And there's fear. It could be pure. I, 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 I'll, I'll say in New York, I, I should only be so lucky to have that kind of bob that they have in Vaikuntha. But somehow or other, God in the CC, coming as Lord Chaitanya said that that is not as strong as when God is Krishna because he, he, he doesn't come as divinity. Therefore, there's no obligation. There's no duty. There's no fear. And that love is more powerful. And God wanted to experience that love because he wanted to experience that love. He came as, as, as Krishna who, who didn't come in a form of divinity and, and wanted to have that spontaneous love. So So they stayed one night at the, 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 the house of a pious person, very careful in India when you travel, who you eat with, who you stay with. Because when you're very pure, you're more sensitive. Like when you have a clean glass of water, this is tea though. When you have a clean glass of water, then you're more cognizant of anything that enters it. If it's dirty, you don't see it. And it's the same thing with our consciousness. If it's very clean, then the slightest thing becomes magnified. Like Raghunath Das Goswami, he was just taking a cup, a leaf cup of buttermilk and thinking he was a debauchee. I'm such a sense driver. Right? And I'm taking the pizza and the lasagna and thinking this is sannyas. <laughs> I used to do that. I have to be careful now. I made it up to 70 though. 
So very, so therefore the Brahmins would cook for themselves or they eat at a Brahmin's house. And what was a Brahmin? They have peaceful, tolerant, controlled, clean. So important. In Kali Yuga, we, 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 we can't be as concerned, but we still have to follow sub-principles. Everything's so contaminating in this age. The social media and all the, it's all in the air, right? All those little crazy messages that people are sending around the planet, they're bouncing. They're probably in the sky right now, bouncing through here and getting to different places. And even to get food that, that's proper and without the chemicals, the opulence of Columbia Hudson, the opulence here, despite the horrible weather, <laughs> the opulence is that there's pure water in a stream that's completely sweet. But that's the way it used to be. That's the way people would drink. Talk about organic food. That's all there was was organic food. And we say that things are advancing. Everything now that you want, that people think are advanced, used to be there naturally. There's only one hope. There's only one hope. It's just so clear. Hari Nama, Hari Nama, Hari Nama, Eva Kevalam, Kalo Nastevan, Nastevan, It's It's clear. The only thing that we have is the holy name. Everything else is against us. Therefore, one of the concluding verses of the Bhagavatam is Kaler Doshe Nidhe Rajan, Eko Asti Mahagunan, Kirtanadeva Krishnasya, Mukta Sangam Parambhaje. This age of quality is an ocean of faults, eko asti, but there's one good quality, kirtanadeva krishnasya. That's what can bring you liberation. And I got this from an introduction to bhakti sandarvas, when my devotion in the form of kirtan is unlimitedly merciful to those who are devoid of a sense of false prestige. And therefore the demigods are lining up to come to, to take birth on the earth where it's hard to get prestige here. <laughs> everything, is, everything is here to cut you down. As that famous 21st century um, I don't know what you call them, wise person said I ain't get no respect. <laughs> I ain't get no respect. No respect. Respect is finished in this age. They don't respect anyone. It's not the culture. Because there's no respect and there's no faith. It's so hard to learn things. Because faith is the precursor of knowledge. I remember when I was young and, and when I was six years old, my parents moved into a new development. 
called Seaview Village. And, you know, it was a house that, you know, with, with a little land, 50 by 100. And somehow in that development, it sounded like India. They made the Seaview Pool and Yacht Club. It's like Radha Golf in Govardhan Hill. There's no golf. They just named it Radha Golf. So they, <laughs> they named it Seaview Pool and Yacht Club. And I remember one of the biggest political figures in America at that time was the mayor of New York. He was the next John F. Kennedy. He was called John Lindsay. And he was coming to our yacht club, our pool and yacht club. And I was sitting in an area and what the men would do in this big area as the entrance, they would play poker. All, my father never gambled. It was good quality of his. He didn't like that. He would watch my mother, but he'd never do it. <laughs> so they were playing cards. They were playing cards. I can't even, so you can imagine a big figure, you know, and, and, and it's culture that you even respect, you know, Bhakti Siddhanta, when King George died, he put it on the harmonist. There was like a respect for people in, in the in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, when they when when they had the Paniyati festival, and Raghunath Das Goswami was feeding everybody in the town, there were two people that were honored and sat on the platform with Lord Chaitanya, Swajatiyalok, those who were intimate associates, and Bara Baralok, the very big people. And I remember one time. Narayan March took myself and the Gurukul on Parikram. And we went to some place and he arranged lunch. And there was a big choky, like it's a wood bed. And Narayan March sat there. Then he invited me to sat there because I was a sannyasi. Even other god brothers were sitting below. And he invited this man who I brought to Krishna consciousness. It's a whole story, which I won't tell now. But the, the principal of the Indian Military Academy, which is the West Point of India, I went up there and preached to him and he became, he joined ISKCON. So he was there, but in ISKCON, he was like a new devotee, even though he was like, you know, retired, just retired. Again, no culture. He was just saying, you know, you're new. But he was a big man, but he was invited to sit up there. Butter, butter, loke. So the culture, the respect, the respect was there. It's destroyed now in the modern culture. There's no, so anyway, to get the story, I got a little thing. So he came in. And the head of the, the whole operation there, you know, as he was coming in, he was coming in the, the entrance and then there was this big thing with men playing cards. And, and I, I saw this, this is some scar. And they went over and they said, you know, ah, John Lindsay is here, John Lindsay is here. And I saw the people, I can't even say what they said, but they were playing cards. And they went like this, I can't even say it. 
who the cares? <laughs> <laughs> no respect, culture, the opposition. But anyway, I got a little. Okay. Uh, let's turn the chairs to people. Jamuna Jaya, if you start off, people will appreciate. That's right. Thank you, Maharaj. Thank, thank you for a wonderful class. So many wonderful points. I have many to choose from today. But I'm, I'm really appreciating something you said way at the beginning of class, because it's earlier today, I was hearing uh, another story about Lord Shiva. And I've always loved the fact that it's, it's why we think Lord Shiva is so great, not because he's Lord Shiva, but because he is the topmost devotee. And so we should aspire to be like him. And I'm always remembering in Vrindavan, there was one temple that you took us to, and there was a little Lord Shiva in the corner. And I think you were Kastuba, like I remember it was drilled into my head. First, you have to get past Lord Shiva so he can knock down your ego so that then you can enter into Vrindavan. So I was just remembering that and appreciating that's why we appreciate Lord Shiva is because he is such a, a topmost devotee. Actually, uh, Jamuna Jaya, that was Vamsivat. Krishna blew the flute to attract the gopis and they have a little deity of Lord Shiva in the corner yeah. because he protects the rasa dance because you have to have the right abhiman for self-conception. And across from that, on the other side of the Jamuna is Belvan, where there's a temple there where, where Lakshmi Devi is still performing austerities because she couldn't enter because she had the, the she had Mahishi Bab, which is the the, the, the the Bab of a queen. Queen. And she couldn't enter into the Rasadir. You know, I, I, it's really amazing. If you go across the Jamuna, the other side of the Jamuna, it's just, you know, fields and little towns. It's not built up at all. And when you go across that and you take a left and you walk for about an hour, you get to one of the forests called Belvan. There's all these little beautiful places also across there. If you go straight to the right, then there's that Manasarovra where the Sugandika, the, the special lotuses are. Okay. Haribo, anybody else like to say hello? Hare Krishna Maharaj, Thank you so much for. Thank you for, so much for a wonderful class. I really like the analogy when you said that uh, the holy name is like a Ganga, wherever Ganga flows, there is auspiciousness. And uh, wherever holy names, whenever holy names flow, there is auspiciousness as well. So you spoke as well, it made me think, you know, uh, as well about the material world, as you said that in Kali Yuga, you know, everything in this material world is to cut us down, you know, everything is just an opposition. So, so it made me think that, you know, that, that just by this wonderful holy name, by, by surrender, by Krishna consciousness, the whole environment becomes friendly, like Sridhar Maharaj said. So everything becomes auspicious by by this, even, even the material world, even the, even the opposition 
even the difficulties, as you said as well, that even the difficulties can become auspicious, can make us help to connect to Krishna. So thank you very much. I can't hear anything. Well, he also said something very interesting. He said, if you're not an optimist, you're an atheist. <laughs> the environment is friendly. Okay. Anybody else like to say hello? Thank you. Hi, Krishna Maharaj. Hey, Kalachandi, Shalanjali, Haribo. Hi, Krishna Maharaj. Hey, I got your little letter in that wonderful picture. I didn't have to answer. <laughs> I just, I wanted to thank you and uh, holding back some tears. Um, when I'm hearing you, which is after so many years, I'm feeling not only uh, appreciating Srila Prabhupada more for the gifts he's given to so many, including yourself, and using you as an instrument, but also the presence of um, Tamar Krishna Goswami, my guru, Maharaj, because I know how close you are to you. Yeah. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. We'll, we'll, we'll keep in touch. Thank you, Krishna. Anybody else like to say hello? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hey, Bhakti Devi. So, so is it true that you're not liking our weather? <laughs> I was just yeah. saying that for Jamuna Bihari, who's from Florida. That's all. That's you have to embrace the winter because it's really quite I'm beautiful up preacher. here. I have to speak according to people's frame of reference. <laughs> If I started glorifying this place for something, I had to balance it out with the weather. Otherwise, he wouldn't understand. He wouldn't understand. He wouldn't understand what I was talking about. Okay, thank you. You understand. Okay, anybody else? Hi, Where are you? Hey, bro. Hey, Krishna Maharaj. Hey, Krishna Maharaj. I wanted to see you. That's I, I, in the class. Okay. Thank you very much for the class. Thank you. Thank you so much, Maharaj. Thank you. <laughs> so nice to see you. Thank Very you. Thank you, Maharaj. Anybody else? Hi, Krishna Maharaj. Yeah, I was a. Uh, I was somehow or other. I was really. Um, impacted a little differently by your elaborate description of the favorable wind in the Holy Dawn, you know. And I guess, too, you know, that goes for any place, too, you know. But like you just said, you know, the environment is friendly, you know, as long as you are going in the right direction. So, yeah, that was nice. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so shocked. That your, your your favorite realization wasn't about no respect, but maybe that's, <laughs> no, your husband. that's my husband. That's my oh. husband's favorite realization. <laughs> okay. okay, hi, Bo. One more. Hi, Bo. Anybody else? Hi, Krishna Gamaraj. This is Kishore Radha. And Toto Gopinath. Hi, Bo. Okay, Toto, you're coming today to pick me up. We're on our way. 
Oh, okay. I see. Already driving. Okay. <laughs> you may get there before me. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> okay. Anybody else? Hi, Krishna Shirupa. I just wanted to say that I really loved when you said without sacrifice, there is no happiness in this life or the next. Yeah. I always try to tell my students that without, without working, there's no results, but because of so much support that they receive and so much of everybody doing everything for them, there's no, there's no um, feeling of, you know, that they have to work for some result. It's horrible. Horrible. That's Gita. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Thank you for class. Hare Krishna Maharaj. This is Rangarani. Rangarani. Hare Bo. Hare Bo. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Maharaj. Nice to see you. Thank you for coming to the class. Hare Krishna. Lal and uh, Lal. Hare Bo. Tomorrow, I want some Vaishnav Shiva. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll come at um uh 12 30 yeah yeah 12 30 is good one o'clock okay. lunch okay okay okay, okay. very well <laughs> okay We're having fun Hare one more Maharaj. person huh? who Hare Krishna Maharaj. this is Hemalata Rada Hemalata Haribo Maybe, maybe, so we, maybe we'll continue our conversation at the end of this week. Okay, yes, sure. You let me know, Maharaj. Okay, hi, Bob. Do you know her at all? No. I remember the first day. Okay. All right, anybody else? Hari Krishna Maharaj, really enjoyed your class. Thank you very much. Henry, great to see you. Always great to see you. Okay, how are you both? Hi, Krishna Guru Maharaj, Narmasaki here. Hey, Thank you, you for the class. <laughs> okay, Leela's working on perfecting the Supreme Personality of Rice. <laughs> it was just a question about how to add the cheese in the proper way and how to make the those raisins that you get not make it feel sour. There's a few, it was very good, but there's a it was only at the level of Narayan. What about the chutney? What? So the, chutney. the chutney was good. <laughs> okay. Thanks, God. Okay. okay. We will work on it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I I'm going to have to go now because I'm off to the next place. Why don't you call Patricia?